Welcome to Back Porch Chats. Where we have conversations about hope, grace, and recovery. Our mission is to shape 12-step communities where sponsors and sponsees support each other to move beyond the shame of abuse. We are dedicated to sharing knowledge about the connection between addiction and sexual abuse with people who are struggling to stop their destructive compulsive behavior. Are you ready to embrace freedom from your past trauma? And help others do the same. If so, grab a cup of coffee. And join the conversations on the back porch with Vince and Gina. Well, Gina, here we are. Here we are. We're starting the podcast. Back porch chat. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. You're teaching me how to snort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'm a snorter. You are. Ka-ching. <laughs> uh, Ka-ching. Yes. We have been dreaming and working on this, what, for about? Four months now. Yeah, almost immediately from the from the, uh, not from the time we met because we met a couple years ago, but from the time we really started talking to each other seriously about just anything, this was almost immediate. Did we yeah. talk about this the first night? I think I talked about my book and what I want to do. If it, we did yeah. talk about the first night, I think I talked because I always talk about my book. I mean, I <clears throat> I want to write a book about my experience sponsoring people who are addicts that have a tough time staying sober because of their childhood sex abuse. And it's a real challenge as sponsors to know what to do and to know when to get professional help if that's needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had that, but I have been stalled because I needed somebody to help me write. Somebody brought a little bit of discipline. I had the outline and the idea, and I'd been... uh, putting a call out to the universe, and bang. There I am. There you am. There I am. I don't know if it's discipline, but I definitely have been doing some research and learning, and I have learned just in these four months so much about how my own abuse has affected my life outside of what I thought was even possible. I mean, I I had no clue, and it's like, you read something or you hear something or you you know you you talk to someone and you hear that story and you go oh yeah yeah okay now i get it yeah i didn't think so but yeah no totally and i'm i'm catching on that every day this morning i caught on it with with something i was reading with um john bradshaw i was like oh yeah yeah i i get it i get it um i think he was talking about um well hiding shame through through substance abuse through alcohol mm-hmm. and yeah absolutely yeah well there's so many different things that we do to hide that abuse and i found that um there seems to be an extra connection with uh, anorexia and bulimia mm-hmm. uh, cutting ourselves alcohol abuse drug abuse obviously um sexual acting out uh, sex addict sex addiction uh relationship addiction destructive relationships entering into the bondage of a of a an abusive relationship and yeah. in spite of how bad that is not being able to get ourselves out of it yeah Bradshaw calls that addiction compulsivity I think it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and and he said you can have a compulsivity to just about anything including um television watching and and yes 
dangerous relationships, um, any sort of di- addiction can that that compulsivity can come out of that, including those silly little games I play on my phone. Well, you know, one of the most interesting ones that I found was detailing. And I, my mother did that, and I do that. It's a bunch of details in a conversation. You ever talk with somebody, and they just keep bringing in details and details and details? That can be that hiding from shame, um, are you, compulsive, compulsivity. Are you talking like semantics, what I call semantics, when someone says something and then and well, say I might say something, and I use a word, and then they just re- really, really tone in on that word and, and just— is, I mean, is that is that what you mean by details? No, detailing is when I'm, you know, I'm telling a story. Well, I went down to the grocery store to get a pack of bread, and as I walked into the grocery store, my flip-flop came off, and I just was wondering about, you know, that, that flip-flop. It was a gator flip-flop, and it came off, but then I walked over and got a basket, and the basket was dirty, and I asked the guy in the thing that— um, uh, did uh, did he do the COVID cleaning? And he hadn't, so I had I couldn't believe it. I had to COVID clean the thing, and then I walked in the store. And when I went in the bur- I forgot what I went in there for. And then I had to remember I got bread. And then, you know, uh, and all you really wanted to say was, I, "Hey, I got some raisin bread for us." <laughs> <laughs> I I heard a, a talk on that not too long ago, and I. That's going to drive me nuts. I don't think it was you, but maybe it was. Um, the difference between communication between, you know, some people and other people. And I can't remember. It's going to drive me nuts trying to figure out who, who had that conversation. What me. But, but then, oh, it, it's weird because that's the exact same thing they said. Some people will just go, you know, they'll walk in and say, I went to the store and got some bread. But other people give all the details. So that's, are you saying that that's a... Um, uh, manifestation of of things that happen with mm-hmm. with trauma abuse. Yeah, they come out of uh, Bradshaw's book, uh, Healing uh, Toxic Shame. That book, I forget the title of it right now, but Healing the Toxic it's the Shame that binds you. Binds, right? Yeah, and uh, ties that bind you. He's got one in there. I think he's called it behavioral avoidance or something like that. But there's several of them. Compulsive activity where people compulsively compl- clean compulsively clean doorknobs there's all of those things and they're really the, they designed to block feelings block the feelings of that, shame that yeah, might Bradshaw. be where i heard that yeah that might be where because i've been reading bradshaw there's two heroes in this healing shame um in my mind that goes back to that is bradshaw john bradshaw is obviously one and then the other one is uh, patrick carnes he wrote a book called out of the shadows <clears throat> about bringing sexual addiction and that compulsivity out of the shadows, once again, breaking the shame of being able to talk about this stuff and bring it out. You know, I, you know, you, I love what you said the other day we were talking and you said that um, you talk to somebody about this sort of stuff, this sexual acting out, and they, they want to beat the person up. They'll talk about um, wanting to shoot the person, hang the person, electrocute the person, castrate the person, and all this stuff and about how angry they are. But uh, when it comes to the victim, they just want to shut the victim up. Yeah. Nobody wants to help the victim or hear what the victim has to say about what that experience was like. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that's kind of where we are. So backing up there a little bit, when we were talking about um, that second or third time we met and sat down and talked, uh, 
we won't mention that it was a date. We don't want the people no. out there to no. know that that was our second date. No, we don't want that. But on our uh, second time that we met and talked about the book, uh, do you remember when I showed you the uh, the outline I created? What did you think about that outline? Uh, the the book. I, well, I know what you're talking about, and I know mm-hmm. the outline. I I don't remember that time. I just know that it, I've obviously seen it, been working with it ever since. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, I'm when I when I first saw the outline uh, and I knew I'd have to do this and I'm doing this is is to get a deeper understanding of what you were trying to do. Um, there were terms that I weren't wasn't familiar with and and ideas that I wasn't familiar with and and every day that we work on this together, I get a little bit better understanding, a little bit better understanding of what it is that you want to do, and then I'm you know doing all the research that I've been doing helps me to get in a little bit more but um i i am i'm starting to see more and more the importance of of um of what we're doing i was telling my mom this morning she she um was this morning or last night she's asked me to find her a support group and i was telling her that that one of the one of the the things with a support group, I don't know where I was coming with this idea yesterday I was as I was at work. Anyways, one of the things with the support group is um, but someone says something, someone tells their story, it's easier for you to receive the story because you're not you're not dealing with your own pain. It's not your pain, it's their pain. It's their story, their pain. So when someone says something in their story that you can connect with you actually have the ability to see it because it doesn't involve your own pain. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So I was telling my mom, she she was talking about wanting to get a support group. As you know, my dad's sick and she's having to deal with him. So she wants to find a, a, um, a cancer support group that she can talk with. And I was t- trying to tell her that being able to talk in a group will will help her to see and then the other thing is is other people will present your own experience in different ways they'll present their own experience and it becomes your experience with different details that they detail in different ways um but that's a lot of what we're trying to do is to create this environment where people can do that with other people that are experiencing similar things um in their own, you know, their their abuse between their abuse and their addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, I know that you were involved in an, another project that um, you were very very passionate about and working, and that's helping ladies who are going through menopause. It was called uh, Pardon This Rebel. Yes. Yeah, and I, I was really kind of excited and amazed at. Uh, within a couple of weeks, you were willing to kind of put that a little bit on the back burner and join in on this project with me, and I was excited to have a writer of your quality. I'm, I'm amazed every day at how intelligent you are and, and how your <clears throat> the clarity that you bring to my writing when you edit it and when you're helping me with what I say. But that excited me that you were willing to sign on wholeheartedly. And set back pardon this rebel behind mm-hmm. yeah um when i first you know i was looking for a purpose and and probably pushing it a little too hard but i i connected with with 
what was happening with me in in um, midlife. I don't know when when I um started. How do I say it? Things started happening. Things started going sour for me. I had no idea what what um, what was going the way of why uh, why and I attach myself to pardon this rebel and to helping midlife women through midlife crisis because I thought that was what was happening and I do think that was what was happening but I don't know that that is the core of it anymore hmm. uh, yeah and I know that um so you think it might be your, your, your childhood sex abuse oh god yes Yes, no. The, uh, first of all, one of the things I've always wanted to do, and, and I don't think it's um, it was fair to myself, the reason was fair to myself, but I do think it was good, is I've always wanted to help people who've, um, who've dealt with sex abuse, you know, to give them an outlet to talk about it. Or, uh, you know, I didn't know what I could do, though. And then I happened upon you, and you shared your ideas with me, and and I thought, okay, there we go. You know, and I was moving into um, Pardon This Rebel, working on it. But here's this thing that I've spent the past 20 plus years. How do I, how do I make amends um, for not reporting my abuse? And um, which is kind of crazy to begin with because I shouldn't have to make amends for it. But I felt this need to. And I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't think I could do it, and then here you are with the, with the way I could, and that's why I jumped on so quick, because here you are with the way I could, and but then as I'm as I'm working on learning more things, uh, that yeah, the the I'm building these connections like the empty feeling. One of the things that happened um, at the end of my marriage was this feeling that I was completely and absolutely empty and and I didn't know why and I thought it was a menopause thing but then I start reading and um and listening to um I was listening to Body Keeps the Score on audio and and he talked about um I think it was Body Keeps the Score they talk about how we shut our feelings down and um it a lot of places talk about this to deal with the pain or to not deal with the pain and that creates this void in ourselves this emptiness and this inability to feel anything and that was just it was miserable for me it was scary and you know anyways um I'm building those connections I'm seeing those things those connections and and Bradshaw and the article I was reading this morning. I want to. I want to remember what he said. He said that that he started drinking. He was so good at shutting his feelings off that he started drinking just so he could feel something. And that's exactly why I started drinking. Exactly, I was so dead inside that I started drinking to feel something. And even towards the end, when all I was feeling was misery, I thought it's still 
better than feeling nothing. Yeah, and that's such an important part because, you know, my story is I drink not to feel, to cover up Mm -hmm. the shame. And then there you are. But I I can see where there's that connection because I did drink to feel good. To not feel shame was to feel good. And, yeah, I had shut it down, and I was frozen in anger and didn't realize that all I was was angry. And, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Before we run out of time, I want to cover one little thing. I, I, I hate to interrupt, but I want to change gears here a little okay. bit. Okay. We have started uh, a Facebook uh, page and a website called BackPorchChats.com. And that was your idea. Why Back Porch Chats? That seems to be kind of a disconnect sometimes, you know. Yeah. Come join us on Back Porch Chats. Why did you do that? Why did, where did you come up with that idea? Uh, it's just where we have most of our conversations, although it's moving into winter. I'm not sure how many of those conversations mm-hmm. we're going to have on the back porch right at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's where we have most of our conversations. It's it's where I like to spend my mornings. I've been doing the back porch um, for years in the morning. Just go out mm-hmm. there with a cup of coffee and um, and... Before you and I started talking, I, I used to smoke, and so you have to go out on the patio to smoke, and that's right. where I did it was on the back porch. And right. then I, when I got sober, I'd go out there and meditate, and I'd go out there and work, and then I quit smoking, and I just still continue to go out there. But we had such great conversations on the back porch. Five o'clock in the morning is about when I get up, and you'll you'll get up sometimes right around that time, sometimes a little bit later, but you come out and join me and... Um, most of our brewing is done there. Yeah, we have a lot of great chats, and we yes. just was kind of hoping to do that and invite some of our friends in. We're going to do that, have our friends. We've got therapists that are friends. We have other alcoholics who are recovering, uh, all different kinds of uh, persuasions of uh, men and women and all kinds of different people. And uh, we've already just a little bit that we're putting this together we've had people call us and want yes. to get online and talk about this so i'm hoping that this takes off and uh so you can tune into our facebook page back porch chats and then also we got a group that will be rolling out mm-hmm. here in a little bit so that it'll be an administrator group so you can um log on and join on and then we'll have conversations and stuff there and then we'll have the website www backporchchats with dot an com. S, dot com. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do that. And I'm thinking, you know, on our next podcast, what we uh, probably, what I think we'll do is uh, get the book with that original outline uh-huh. and just kind of go through the outline and talk a little bit about some, what's coming in the future, the different sections, you know, uh, sexualized before we're ready, healing the shame, active yes. listening, uh, the sexual spiritual splits, the splitting off. I'm really excited about talking about the sexual spiritual split because yeah. that is, I think, um, I'm as I'm reading on about it. That is, is got to be one of those connections that I've made that I never thought I would. I never thought I would. I just didn't get it. But yeah. Out of time, my sweet friend. This has been Vincent Gina. Our podcast, our first podcast. Thank you for joining us with our dream. I hope you come back and often and help your community recover from the damage of childhood sex abuse. 